Welcome to Back to the Basics with Pastor Jason McClendon. This program is sponsored by Crossroads Christian Fellowship, a non-denominational, conservative, and evangelical church focusing on returning to the mindset of believers in the New Testament church. The acronym BASICS, in the name of the program, stands for Believing and Sharing in Christ's Salvation. We are disciples making disciples who make disciples. And now, here is the message. Good morning. It is a beautiful day to be serving the Lord. Welcome to Crossroads Christian Fellowship. Our message today is about the greatest commandment. But first, let us pray. Father God, thank you for your blessings and the gift of Jesus Christ suffering and dying to pay for our sins so that we could spend eternity with you. Open our hearts and minds to hear your message. Open our hearts and minds to recognize the love that you have for us. And open our hearts and minds to recognize the opportunities to share your love with others. All of this we ask in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Have you ever wondered what your purpose in life is? Have you ever wondered what you are supposed to be doing? Why did God create you? Why are you here? I believe that if people could figure out what their purpose in life is, it would completely change them, obviously for the better. So how do we get there? How do we figure that out? The answer is actually quite simple. We do it by following Jesus. I often hear the old adage, and I'm sure you do too, or or rather the question asked, what would Jesus do? In fact, I actually ask this question to myself all the time. But if we're going to use Jesus as the role model, it really helps to understand what he would do and how he would respond in various circumstances. And quite often, the answer to that is also very simple. He would love first. Have you ever seen the bracelets that people wear or stickers on cars or t-shirts that simply say WWJD? Well, that stands for what would Jesus do? Well, now you may also see bracelets or stickers or t-shirts in response to that question that say HWLF, he would love first. The scripture reading today is from the book of Matthew, chapter 22, verses 34 to 40, which describes the greatest commandment and is all about love. So starting in Matthew 22, 34, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. These are the words of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. 
But by stating your God, it indicates a personal relationship. God is personal, always close to us, and we are to be close to him. To love him means to be in a relationship with him that is alive, active, and vibrant. We must put God first in everything we do. But do we? We are to love him with all of our being, our heart, our soul, and our mind. Are we doing that? To love him means to follow him and obey him. In John 14, 23, Jesus said, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching, and he who does not love me will not obey my teaching. So are we obeying the teachings of Jesus, or are we ignoring them? Maybe a better question to ask is, how well do we really know what the teachings of Jesus are? Do we study his teachings on a regular basis and make them a priority in our lives? Clearly, God loves us, and he only asks that we love him back. The most popular verse in the Bible is John 3.16, which the vast majority of Christians can immediately rattle off because they know it so well, for all the right reasons. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. He loves us so much that he literally allowed his own Son to suffer immensely, to be tortured and killed just so he could have a relationship with us. And yet, so many people completely ignore him. But Jesus was in alignment with the will of the Father. 1 John 3.16 tells us, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. So, in John 3.16, that's the book of John 3.16, tells us the Father gave his one and only Son. And 1 John, that's the book, 1 John 3.16, tells us Jesus willingly agreed. Both of them made that decision based on their intense love for us. The importance of a personal relationship with God cannot be overstated. We were created for the express purpose of being in relationship with Him and glorifying Him forever, period. The entire story of the Bible is about the relationship that God desires to have with man, but we keep messing it up. Now, we're in good company. I mean, the entire Israelite nation kept messing it up too, but that's not a good excuse. We have to strive to do better about this. We have to focus on continuing to develop that relationship. The Father's arms are always open wide for us. We are the ones who need to change. And this personal relationship can only be maintained through communication. Have you ever tried to have a relationship without communication? It doesn't work. We must talk to God and we must listen to God as he speaks to us through prayer, through his written word, and through the presence of the Holy Spirit, guiding us along every day and day by day. But here's the problem. Our hearts, our minds, and our souls are generally focused on something else, something other than God. Ourselves, our possessions, the world, flesh, power, fame, another person, and the list goes on and on. But if we truly loved God, we would focus on Him first. And that is what He demands as part of our relationship with Him. How are we doing with that? 
I, I know I'm not doing very well. I let the world get in the way. I let other things take me off focus from putting God first. So it's something that we have to strive for every day. A few years ago, I was having lunch with a man who made an appointment with me because he wanted to get some guidance about spiritual growth. This was intended to be the initiation of a discipleship process, and it, it did last for uh, some time before he ended up moving out of state. He wanted to talk to me because he felt like he wasn't getting anywhere with his personal spiritual growth. He wanted to hear from God, and although he said he was trying really hard to listen, he didn't feel like God was talking to him. And basically, he wanted to know what he could do to change that so he could have the ability to hear God speaking and also to ask God to speak into his life. So I asked him about his daily walk and some general questions about what he was doing to be in relationship with God. He told me that he reads the Bible for about 30 minutes every day, and he had done that for about the last year or so. He spends about 15 to 30 minutes a day in prayer. He attends church regularly, and he tries to be a good role model, using Jesus as the prime example for his own life. Most importantly, he emphatically told me that God is the highest priority in his life. He always strives to put God first in everything he does. Well, I noticed that he was wearing a St. Louis Cardinals baseball cap, so I asked him if he was a fan or just wearing the ball cap. His entire demeanor changed. All of a sudden, he was energetic. He was excited. He started talking faster, and his face lit up. I said, tell me about the Cardinals. And he immediately began giving me statistics. He described the current lineup. He told me everyone's batting averages, the backgrounds of some of the players, how many World Series they had won, including what years, and how many pennants they've won, the players' names who actually played in those championship games, anything and everything someone might ever want to know about the Cardinals. He was a walking Cardinals encyclopedia. When he was finished, or at least when there was a pause in the discussion, I asked what I thought was a simple question. Now, to be honest, I knew it was going to generate discussion, but it should have been a simple question for someone who studies the Bible every day for the last year and who puts God first in his life. I said, that's a lot of great information and some really detailed statistics. You know a lot about the Cardinals. What are the books of the Bible? His face went pale and he said, well, I... I don't really know. I think the first one is Genesis. And then, um, so I interrupted and I said, let's make it easier. How about just the New Testament? He immediately started with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then he abruptly stopped. I said, okay, those are the gospels. What's after that? I don't know. So I said, Acts? Yes, Acts, that's it. Okay, I said, what's after that? He just looked at me. I said, Romans? Yes, he replied. I continued, First and Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Does that sound right? Do you really know? And he said, no, I, I don't really know. I said, look, I'm not trying to embarrass you or to put you on the spot, but you just told me that the number one priority in your life is God and that you study the Bible every day but you can give me very little details about even just the order of the books in the Bible. And yet, when I ask you about the Cardinals, you can recite every little detail since the foundation of the team. 
which do you think actually is placed as priority in your life? The Cardinals or God? He looked at me directly in the eye and said he'd never thought about it like that before. And he told me that that was the most eye-opening discussion he's ever had. So what about you? Do you prioritize God over everything else? Or are there other things that you place before God, maybe even without even realizing it? Let's go back to the phrase I brought up previously. What would Jesus do? When we consider all of our activities, how about we start asking ourselves that question all the time? What would Jesus do? And then let's take it a little bit further than that. How about, how does what I am doing glorify God? And if it doesn't, we stop doing it. But look deeply and focus on how whatever we do is used for God's kingdom. That doesn't mean that we need to try to justify what we're already doing, but rather we change our activities to focus on what God is doing, and then we join him. One way to do that is what I like to call the Christian circles of life. And by the way, anyone who wants to see a visual of the Christian circles of life, as well as some other helpful resources, can go to our website at crossroadschristianfellowship.com and look under the resources tab. You'll find the visual there as well as some other, other stuff that may be helping you in your walk. There are five circles in the Christian circles of life. Picture in your mind, if you will, a target with five circles. The first circle, the one in the very center, is purpose. We all have a purpose in life. That purpose is to know and glorify God forever. Your purpose in life is the same as my purpose in life, which is the same as everyone else's purpose in life. Now, I know that there are people out there who might disagree with that, but the Bible is pretty clear about the fact that we were created to be in relationship with God and to glorify Him. The second circle is mission. We all have a mission in life, which is the Great Commission from Matthew 28, 18 to 20. To do this, we use our time, talents, and treasures, and the gifts of the Spirit. Now, how we each individually perform our mission may be different, but at the end of the day, the mission itself is the same. In other words, we each have a role to play, but the end goal is sharing the gospel. It's kind of like being on a football team. Every team member plays a different position, so what they actually do will be completely different. A quarterback, for example, has a completely different job than a defensive lineman, but the overall goal is the same, to score more touchdowns than the opposing team. The third circle is enablers. An enabler is something that supports our efforts towards our purpose and mission. We all have enablers. For example, your God... Uh, your job gives you the money that you need to pay your rent or mortgage, to buy food, to pay for your transportation, etc. All of these things support your ability to focus on your purpose and your mission. Getting the proper amount of rest, doing things that help you recuperate both physically and mentally, spending time with family and friends, being engaged in sporting activities, maybe even just watching them. These could all be enablers to help you focus on your purpose and your mission. We also have useless pursuits, which is the fourth circle. Useless pursuits are things that are neither, neither beneficial nor harmful, but they are useless and they are a waste of time. And then the last circle is detrimental pursuits. These are things that are harmful either to God, to ourselves, to others, to our relationships, etc. So when you ask 
how something you're doing glorifies God, and you place them in one of these circles. If it's not part of your purpose or your mission or an enabler to those, stop doing it. Get rid of it entirely out of your life. Focusing on our purpose and mission is how we love God. Jesus said to know him is to know the Father. In John 14, 7, Jesus says, if you really know me, you will know my Father as well. So if you want to have a relationship with God the Father, you must have a relationship with Jesus the Son. So now we're back to the phrase, what would Jesus do? In Matthew 4, 19, Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. This pretty much sums up what it means to be a Christian. You must be a follower of Christ, and there must be a transformation in your life, and you must be involved in spreading the gospel so that others may also know and glorify God. C.S. Lewis, you know, the guy who wrote The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, said, The glory of God, and as our only means to glorifying him, the salvation of human souls, is the real business of life. The salvation of human souls, in other words, our mission. This is one significant way to show our love for God, to share the gospel so that others will also come into relationship with him. So are you a follower of Jesus? Do you have a personal relationship with him? Remember, just going to church is not being a follower. Just being a good person is not being a follower. Even just believing is not being a follower. James said, even the demons believe and shudder. You must accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And you must have a relationship with Christ. And relationship with Christ is like a marriage, which means there must be commitment. If you are married, you don't just believe that the marriage exists. You have to live as if you are part of that marriage. In the Bible, our relationship with Christ is often compared to a marriage where Christ is bridegroom and the church is the bride. We, as Christians, are the individuals who make up the greater church. That commitment between the church and Christ, between the bride and the bridegroom, must be real. If we're not clear about why we want to love God and put him first— I'll relate a story about a medieval monk who announced one day that that evening he would be preaching on the love of God. So when that Sunday night came, as the shadows fell and the light ceased to come in through the cathedral windows, the congregation gathered. In the darkness of the altar, the monk lit a candle and he carried it over to the crucifix hanging on the wall. He held up the candle so that the glow first illuminated the crown of thorns. Next, the two wounded hands. Then, the marks of the spear wound on his side. And then, the feet. In the hush that fell, he blew out the candle and he left the pulpit. Because there was nothing else to say. God has clearly demonstrated his love for us. God has also clearly demonstrated his commitment for us. So where is our commitment? Are we fulfilling our purpose in life? Are we putting God first in everything we do? How does what we do glorify God? Are we truly loving God with all of our hearts and all of our souls and all of our minds? And if not, what do we need to do to change that? Let us pray.
Father, you are awesome. We can't even begin to understand the depth of how awesome you actually are. With our finite minds, we can only begin to touch the depth of what you've done for us. We thank you for wanting to be in relationship with us. We thank you for the sacrifice of your son for our salvation. We ask that you open our eyes to see how you are working around us so that we can join in in your work and do our part to build your kingdom. Thank you for loving us. Give us the desire to love you back the way you created us to do. Let us feel your presence around us and guide us on the straight and narrow path. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, amen. Friends, I sincerely hope that you are already a follower of Jesus. But if you are not, you need to know that the Bible makes it absolutely clear that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. We are all sinners and we all need Jesus. None of us can do it on our own. When we die, we will either go to heaven or to hell. But the ability to spend eternity in heaven is a free gift from God. John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Because he loved us so much, Jesus paid the penalty of death for our sins. He paid the price with his own blood, which means that we don't have to. That gift is free, and to receive it, all you have to do is recognize that you are a sinner in need of a Savior. Confess your sins to God, repent of your sins, in other words, you have to turn away from them, and turn your life over to Jesus, asking Him and allowing Him to be the Lord of your life. Remember, just because you repent and make Jesus your Lord does not mean you will instantly become perfect. But you do need to strive to model your life after Jesus. There are no magic formulas or special prayers to become a Christian. Just make it known to God. Just tell Him. He knows what's in your heart. Now, if you've made the decision to dedicate your life to Christ, which is often referred to as being born again, or if you've made the decision to rededicate your life to Christ, please let us know. Go to IamSavedByJesus.com and tell us about your decision. We'd love to hear from you, and we'd love to know if we can help you along the way. If you haven't made that decision yet, please pray about it, and we'll pray for you too if you let us know. This is the most important decision you can ever make in your entire life. It only takes a few seconds to decide, but the ramifications of your choice are literally eternal. Take it seriously. Remember, go to IamSavedByJesus.com, and we look forward to hearing from you. God bless. Ladies and gentlemen, as you know, running a ministry is not free. There are many costs associated with developing and running programs, and we humbly ask for your support, especially if our messages have touched your heart or you believe they will touch the hearts of other people. We ask that you first pray about how God wants you to proceed, and then, if you feel led, 
Help us focus on building the kingdom of God. If you are a Christian and you are not tithing anywhere, please consider tithing to us or consider gifting to us, however God leads. Remember, the money you have is God's money that He blessed you with to manage and to be a good steward. The money you tithe and gift to us builds the ministry of Crossroads Christian Fellowship and the International College for Christian Studies. The more financial support we receive, the more people we can reach. You can make this monthly contribution or one-time gift through PayPal by going to donationforchurch.com. You can also find other ways to donate on that webpage. Thank you in advance for your support and may God bless you. Well, it's almost time to go. Thank you for sharing this time with us. We are praying regularly for you and ask that you do the same for us. Until we come together again, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace. Go now into the world and serve the Lord. Amen.